Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, timeless wisdom to enrich every day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, September 1st. Give credit to others for anything you and they have accomplished together. Indeed, give more credit to them than you claim for yourself. I remember my father commenting wryly on the foreword written to a book by a co-worker of the writer. I recommend this book, which was written at my direction and under my constant supervision. What had that old fogey gained? except a few chuckles of derision. If a team helps you, presumably it is because you've needed their help. And if you did need it, thank them by giving them even more credit, perhaps, than they deserve. This is, again, Swamiji's just... He's, he's revealing to us the secrets of his marvelous success in leading Ananda and the loyalty and the support he got from so many friends. I, I've mentioned it, but it's really worth saying again. What, what Swami did for those of us who were, I want to say, brought up by him spiritually, and brought up by him in countless other ways in terms of productive, creative work, is that his constant concern was not for himself. He just, he didn't, he didn't need accolades. He didn't need to be recognized. He didn't need credit for anything. He had one desire in life, and that desire was to help other people to rise to their highest potential. So if something was accomplished and we all did it together, Swami was eager to say we all did it together. He wasn't eager to say, fortunately, I had a really good idea and they were able to help me. He just would, would celebrate. And it's, it's actually been a, a bit of an issue in my own mind um, in the position of leadership I've been in. Oh, and in, 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 even went so far, I'm going to skip, uh, let me go back for just a moment here. Um, every year at Ananda Village, we have, we have had for decades now, Spiritual Renewal Week. Um, and Spiritual Renewal Week has just been, it's been in August, now it's at the beginning of July. Um, this year, when this has been recorded, 2020, it's an online version of it, but normally, mm, sometimes hundreds of us gather together at Ananda Village. It's, a, it's, an, it's an event that's put on by the, primarily by the village because they're hosting it, but everybody volunteers. There's a lot of cooking that needs to be done, ushering, cleaning, planning, speaking, singing. It's, it's, there, are, there are guests who come in from all over the world, but even the guests are just, everybody's drawn into it. So it's natural at the end of such a big event to want to thank people. And, and Swamiji was very generous in his admiration and appreciation. I know some people think on the spiritual path, it's all nishkam karma, meaning action without desire for the fruit, so nobody really needs to be thanked. We should all just be glad to do it. Well, Swami was generous in his gratitude for anything that was done. At the same time, I mean, he would thank you so sweetly for bringing him a cup of tea or making dinner or just anything that you did. He was, he was very appropriate. He never gushed, never gushed. He never flattered, but he was always, he was always with great dignity, very appropriate, and is grateful. Why would you not be? It's a sign of an unrefined person not to express, express gratitude. Nonetheless, at, at one particular um, 
cycle of this, this spiritual renewal week, somebody stood up and with extremely good intent, you know, wanted to thank the kitchen staff for putting out such good meals and then the office staff for keeping everything organized. And they, they thanked a few people. There were, you know, hundreds of people in the audience and many people had been involved. And Swami then stood up and said, but then we have to thank you know, then we have to thank all the people who came because of their enthusiasm. People were able to speak. We have to thank those people who, who set up the chairs. Then we have to set up the, thank those people who did the sound system. And, and you, just, you just start going down the line, he said, and there's no end to it because we've all done it together. So it, it, it's both things also have to be understood. And then I have felt this issue, this is where I was starting to go, when... Um, we do fundraising for projects within the context of the community that I live in. And I was struck once when we were trying to raise money together uh, to build the school building or something that, it was something of significance. And some couple who are longtime members walked up to me and asked, did you raise the money you needed? And I thought to myself, there's something really wrong here. Because it wasn't the money I needed. It wasn't a question of whether I raised it, you meaning the staff, it's did we do it? Did we succeed? And then we face the issue of, of thanking people for their donations. But if we're all in this together, and, and I'm not talking about where you're soliciting money from outsiders, you know, where, where somebody who's really uninvolved helps you because they admire your work. I'm talking about the community, the Sangha, the church, the church members. We're all doing it together because we love God and we want to help the work of our guru and we want to provide something wonderful for our spiritual family. Who is there to thank? Who's, who's thanking whom? And even the idea that because these people organized it and received the checks and put them into the bank or, or approved the blueprints, that somehow they're more part of it than somebody who just comes to the sangha and loves it. So we, we tried to start celebrating our successes and, and still then you acknowledge people's involvement, but you acknowledge their involvement because we all put our energies together and we're able to do something beautiful for God. And instead of dividing it up, now it's giving the credit everywhere, instead of, some of them, instead of some of them have a more important role than the other. Now that's an extension of what Swami's saying, but it's always been in my mind something that... Um, nuances really matter. And when Swami's feeling about it is, you know, we should celebrate rather than than, uh, single out. Now, I I want to be, again, I want to be balanced on this. There's a man named David Eby, whom some of you know, and he was the choir director at Ananda Village for a long time. He now lives in Portland. And uncharacteristically, on one after one concert that was just beautifully done, Swami turned, and there was like several hundred people in the audience, he turned to David and he said, cover your ears, David, meaning I don't want you to hear this. But then he turned and he, he complimented David, not only for the quality of what he did, but for the humility with which he did it. And it was like Swami wanted... He wasn't, he wasn't even really complimenting David. He didn't want David to hear it. He was joking, but only half. But he wanted all of us to appreciate that this, lo- this is what it looks like when it's done well. That there's, there's just no sense 
of I am the director, I am in charge, I, am, I have all the best solos. You know, it's not, not like that at all. It's that together we make beautiful music. And Swami's feeling about Ananda always was whenever people would commend him, I mean, his birthdays would come and people's sense of gratitude to Swamiji was appropriately limitless is the only way I can say it. I remember on his 80th birthday, um, uh, Durga stood up to speak about Swami and she said, basically, because many of us by his 80th birthday had made our whole, our whole lives with Ananda as well. And the reason we'd been able to do it is because of the quality of his leadership. Because it never became, there was never not an open door for expanding our involvement, our service, our talents, our sense of fulfillment and satisfaction in life. There was a period of time when Swamiji worked so hard to expand Ananda, to start new centers, to develop new departments. And, he, and like for three or four years, he was rarely at home because he was always traveling somewhere doing something. And then there was this satsang, and he said, you know, I've hard, hardly been here for the last three or four years, he said, but from now on I'm, I'm going to be here more, he said, because I was starting a campaign to expand the, the potential of Ananda. But he said, I'm not trying to build an empire. He said, I just want Ananda to be large enough and varied enough that everybody who comes <clears throat> can find a meaningful way to serve. I mean, and he said after that, it's not size is not inherently a value. In fact, there's a point at which size takes away the opportunity for everyone to have a meaningful way to serve. But that's what he was always looking for. So he, he wanted people to feel that their contributions were meaningful, which doesn't just necessarily, in fact, isn't always the best way to say thank you for helping. It's like, well, we really did a good job together, didn't we? I can think of multiple times when Swami thanked us by celebrating together that we had all accomplished something really beautiful. He didn't single himself out, and he rarely singled individuals out unless there was some special reason, if it had been, if it represented, for example, a special victory. But I'll, I remember a compliment he gave me. I cooked for him a great deal, and I was, I was pretty picky about it when I cooked for him, especially when I would cook for a group. I, I liked my cooking the best, and some of the people who came to help me, I didn't feel they had quite the touch with it that I did. Now, even quite apart from whether I was right or wrong, it doesn't matter, that was my point of view. And this one woman was helping me one day, and she obviously didn't agree with me, and, but with, in a, not in a bad way but she just wanted to be responsible for two of the six dishes we were making. Now, my natural inclination would have been not to let her because I didn't feel she was as careful as I was. I'm not sure I was right, but that's how I felt. But I felt that it was right to say yes to her. So I said yes, and we put the dinner on the table, and there were maybe 10 or 12 people at the table. Swami sat there, and I'm very attentive to the details of what Swami does. Whenever I was in the room with him, I, my attention was always on him. So we sat down to eat, we said the blessing, and then Swami announced, Asha, this is the best meal you've ever made. Swami had not picked up a spoon. 
he had not, not, not a morsel of the meal that we had cooked had, been, had crossed his lips. He had no idea whether the meal was good or not. It looked nice on the table, but it always looked nice on the table. This is the best meal you've ever made, he said. I think he might have even gone more extravagantly. You've made a lot of good dinners, but this is the best one you've ever made. I said, sir, we all did it together. Yes, he said, this is the best one you have ever made. So he was talking to me. He wasn't just praising me. He was telling me what constitutes good. And he was profoundly correcting me in a way that I needed to be corrected because what is the important point here? Is it that everybody feels that we're a family working together, that everybody has the opportunity to feel they have an op- a-, a way to serve meaningfully in what we're doing? Or is it that one person, <clears throat> whether it's me or whoever it is, <clears throat> gets to say, look how good I am? Where will that take us? Where will that take you as a family? Where will that take you as a leader, as a, as a Fortune 500 company? Where will that take you? You end up all alone with nobody to help you. Or all you have under you are people who, too, who are too dull to need their own arenas or their own contribution. You, you, if you really want dynamic people with you, you have to allow space and respect for that dynamism. And you simply have to put yourself aside. A leader is the servant of everyone he serves. Swami Kriyananda has often said that. He said people have a very false idea of what the leader's role is. He said a leader actually has almost no freedom because the leader has to accommodate everybody who's working with him or else he ends up all alone. He's not a leader then. He's a a, a corporation of one. And so the leader has to constantly um, uh, sublimate, put, put aside his own preferences or his own ideas in order to bring everyone into the story. Now, this world is full of people who are terrible leaders, who have power, but neither um, magnetism nor uh, a real concern for other human beings. And that's how this world works. But we don't want to be among their number. We want to be among those who are instruments of God in this world and are really helping individuals to grow and helping everyone to be a success, not in terms of just the small parts of it, but in the ways that really count. So Swami says, Give credit to others for anything you and they have accomplished together. Indeed, give more credit to them than you claim for yourself. I remember my father commenting wryly on the foreword written to a book, by the writer's co-worker. I remember that I recommend this book, which was written at my direction and under my constant supervision. What had that old fogey gained except a few chuckles of derision? If a team helps you, presumably, it is because you've needed their help. And if you did need it, thank them by giving them even more credit, perhaps, than they deserve. God bless you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners. So if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.